Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. another episode of Artie Friends. This is Allison. And this is Kara. We just got off talking with Tiana Gidley. She is today's guest. Uh, She and I went to the same high school and I have been admiring her for over 10 years. She is truly one of the most kind, well-spoken, genuine people I've ever met. I had the privilege of shooting photos for her back when I used to work at this boutique and we've just always kept in contact. And the timing aligned over the new year. It was crazy. I was like going to reach out to her for this particular thing and no joke. The next day I had an email from her and I was like, wait, I thought I had like DM'd her in my sleep and that she was replying. And then I was like, wait, no, she actually just messaged me. So you guys will hear in today's episode, like everything works out in divine timing. And this episode is a perfect example of that. You guys are going to soak up today's conversation. It is the first episode in our new self-care series, Diving Into Mental and Emotional Health. This conversation went a lot of different directions, but I think it encompassed almost everything that we wanted to talk about. Kara, how are you feeling about the conversation? Yes, I was literally telling Allison, I'm like, wow, that conversation just felt like a nice warm hug from like a friend. And it is perfect for our podcast, Already Friends. Like it felt like me and Tiana had known each other for years, like the relationship you guys have. And it was great to hear her open up about entrepreneurship because she has her own business, Tiana Gidley Creative. It was great to hear her open up about getting her emotional health from, you know, where it was to where it is now and what methods and processes that she took to get there and have a great relationship with herself and to be able to love herself to then love others and serve others. So 10 out of 10, so stay tuned for that. But first, should we catch up? Do a quick catch up before we get into all that greatness? Yeah, absolutely. You can kick it off. How was your week? How are you doing? Well, I did want to talk about how we mentioned in last week's episode that one of my goals was to read a book a month. 
this year, which is some, again, probably gonna make people laugh, like only a book a month, but we're starting with the realistic goals. Next year, it'll be way higher. But what reminded me of to bring this up on the podcast is that you posted your clip about reading Verity from Colleen Hoover. And that was my first Colleen Hoover book. What did you think? Okay, so you and I were FaceTiming the other day and I was telling Kara, I was like, I have to tell you something, but I can't tell it to you until we record the podcast. And I kept wanting to tell you that I read Verity because you had read it. So I was like in the book section and there was obviously like, I didn't realize how many Colleen Hoover novels. And I was like, oh my God, which one am I supposed to choose? And I remembered you saying that you read Verity. And then in our already friends Facebook group, I remember someone commenting a thread and everyone talking about it. And I was like, okay, that's the one I'm going to read it. And when I tell you I haven't read a fiction book in years, like I have just been reading self-help and business and like about yoga. And while I do love those books and they're intellectually stimulating, wow, the 15-year-old in me that used to walk around my high school hallways reading because I was so excited to get out of one class and go into another so I could read my dang books, that ignited me. I finished Verity in less than 24 hours. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's so true. It's like, I also had that phase where I was only reading self-help stuff. And it's like, you have to stop doing that all the time. Like you need to just read for fun which we talk about in today's episode. So stay tuned for the end of the episode. We just talk about doing things for fun because that's good for your emotional and mental health. But it's like, yeah, I think that Verity also kicked off that, like that desire and that thirst for fictional content because I've just been rolling with the fictional books. And that maybe had been why I wasn't reading as many books. I was getting a little bit bored and getting a little information overload with all these history books and Malcolm Gladwell, love him. But you know, it's a lot of information and it is nice to just hit the refresh button, go to those fictional topics. And then, yeah, you can read those books way faster. It's insane. Yeah. Because it's not that it's not fun reading those self-help books, but it's not, it's not the same. And Mm -hmm. I could not put Verity down. Like normally when I'm reading the self-help books, I'm like, all right, I'm going to read for like 15, 20 minutes. And I kind of like have to will myself to do it, but there was no willing myself to read Verity. It was me willing myself to be like, put the book down. We've got shit to do. And I like, couldn't. Yes. If anyone has any recs for which Coho book both of us should read next, I haven't gotten another one. Ooh, wait, let me look at my Instagram comments really fast because I had two people suggest which one to read next. So let me find it. Okay. Someone said Layla. Okay. Someone else said It Ends With Us. Yeah. Someone else said Ugly Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It Ends With Us is, I don't know which ones came out first, but I feel like that's her most popular one because It Starts With Us, I believe is like the sequel to that one just came out. And I think I saw 50 Instagram stories, people holding their copy when that book came out and they're like, it's here. It's finally here. So maybe that's a good one to get onto next. Okay, cool. The place I was at here didn't have that one. And so that makes sense because I was like, damn, that's probably the most popular one. That's why it's out of stock. Yeah. But- try to get my hands on it. I know. I'll probably will just go with whichever one my library has right now. Start from the least popular ones until they get back in stock because it's literally crazy. No, I was literally talking to my mom about how you had a library card and because my mom has always been a very avid reader her whole life. Like that's definitely where I get my passion for reading from. No joke. When I was a kid, she would just crush a book a day. And I was like, mom, I need to get a library card back home. Like Kara has one. She always talks about it because I don't know with some other books, like I want to own them so I can refer back to them. But I do feel like with fiction, you don't really reread
read the books as much to where like with a self-help book, you might like go back to like look at certain points or chapters that resonate. And my mom was like, uh, yeah. She was like, how do you think I afforded to read thousands of books? Like when you guys were growing up, like the library card. And she was like, I would just walk in, go to the section that like the librarian suggested, swoop like five books and be back in a few days. That's a really good tip. I think I hadn't figured that out yet because I always go back and forth. Which books should I buy? Which ones should I not buy? And you're right. The ones that you think you can reference, for sure, the self-help ones. I definitely want to own You Are a Badass, How to Win Friends and Influence People, all those ones. But I have, I'm like looking at my fiction books in front of me, my bookshelf. And like, I, I don't feel like inclined to reread any of these, at least for not another five or 10 years. So those could probably be ones that I didn't buy. Because now I'm like, okay, now what? Like, now I just need someone to like borrow it. So it's not just sitting here. But who's going to just, I don't know, borrow books that they can also just get the library. So that's a good tip. Yeah. I'm having the same aha moment out loud as we're literally talking about <laughs> this. Like, I think that is the formula. Buy the self-help books, library card for the fiction. We've got it figured out. Yeah. And then maybe buy if it's not the library, because I think Verity was like a 14 person hold at my library. And I think that's why I went and bought it. It Ends With Us is like a 42 person wait. I'm like, why even put your name down? Like, that's going to be in like four years. Well, maybe if people just read it as fast as I read it, it might be 42 days. That's true. That's so true. But you're right. That is still a long wait. So there you go. There's our library and book purchasing method. I love it. Do you have anything else you want to catch up on right now? No, that's it for me. What's new with you? Mm, I think I'll just say my two peaks of the week were having two heart-to-heart conversations with two different people. And it was a couple months ago that I probably said like Clay and I had this deep heart-to-heart and then someone messaged me saying how grateful they were that I had brought up that conversation with Clay and like asking him how he was doing. And she was like, I realized that like he, for her situation, she was like, my boyfriend always asks how I'm doing and I always tell him and say everything, but I never ask him how he's doing. And she was like, so then we had this deep heart-to-heart and it just like opened up so many things that we needed to talk about. And when I was mentioning that with Clay and I, it wasn't like we were fighting. It was just some things that were like on our heart that, you know, he, you know, he's he's a human. He needs to talk about things. And so this week there were two people that I just like needed to have heart to hearts with that I like hadn't had a heart to heart in like years or ever. And even though they're like hard to have and maybe some tears happen, that emotional release and the clarity that you get after having those, it's like your bond is so much stronger after. And I just feel really good that both parties in these situations, we were all okay with like having those conversations. And it made me think how a goal of mine this year is to be more vulnerable in my relationships. Like I think I always want to try to keep it good and light and not burden people or like not... I don't know, but this ties in really well with today's episode, but being able to be real and authentic with the people in our lives, like not everything is okay all the time and that is okay. So it's just kind of what I've felt called to share today that if any of you out there listening, like I've been yearning to have a deep or a harder conversation with someone, if it's appropriate and the timing feels right for both of you, I think you should do it because it makes you feel a lot better usually. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. And I think something that comes to my mind is that I had a friend who I think I mentioned this before had
had a couple very hard years and always was very apologetic when they were just like sharing with me or I would call them and they were crying. And as someone who is that person's best friend, I never once was like, why are you being so emotional? Like, no, I just wanted to be there for that person. So if these are the people that love you and are truly, you know, there for you, they are not going to care at all that you're showing up as your vulnerable self and just sharing how you feel. If anything, it's going to make it worse that you're not being yourself and sharing your emotions and stuff. So yeah, I remember the first time I saw you cry and I was like, oh, we're even better friends now. Cause like, I, I do feel like it, I don't know, it, like it does make you feel closer to people when you know that they feel safe enough in your presence to like share what's on their heart. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And yeah, it is, it can be really hard. I know for me, it's even hard to be vulnerable with people and I could probably implement that into my life more, but you're right. It's hard. It's tough when, I don't know, we just walk around and we're just be happy and you're right. Everything's just be perfect all the time. So yeah, like you said, it's perfect with today's conversation. So today, hopefully you can be a little bit more inspired to be vulnerable and let your guard down. Let your guard down. Exactly. But yeah. What do you have a peak of the week to share? Peak of the week. Yes. My peak of the week. I'm going to say I saw a girl share on her story. I think it was Indie Blue. She shared a quote that was like, I think we get so used to things being normal, like grocery shopping or driving a car. We forget how cool some things are. You're literally driving a car by yourself and like you can tell it wherever you want it to go. If you were to walk into a grocery store when you were like four, you thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And then we get to do all those things all the time that we forget how magical and special they are. And I don't know, it was so simple as me posting my Instagram story, but I posted my story that my gym has a movie theater and I was walking on the treadmill and watching a movie. And the way I had 30 people respond and be like, what? This is so cool. That, like, no way. You can watch movies while you walk on the treadmill. I'm like, wow, what a little bra I am. Because I thought nothing of that. Like, I just knew that the tr- like the movie theater was my gym, but I never had used it. And then when I finally used it, I'm like, wait, this is really cool. Like, so I think my little peak is just taking the time this week to look at things in life and being appreciative of how cool they are and try not to be desensitized and numb to special moments and privileges that we get in everyday life. Yeah. How many opportunities we have out there now because of technology and like, oh my God, being out here in Joshua Tree, like it's cold at night and the desert can be a little scary. There's some creatures out there. And me and my mom were saying like, dude, thank God our ancestors did all this stuff for us because I really enjoy being at home inside a warm house in a bed with an eye mask on. Like, thank (laughs) God for our ancestors doing the heavy lifting. And not having to like wonder if a bear is going to tear up your house, your cloth tent. Literally. Yeah. Oh my god! Like I was not cut out for that. No, me neither. Look at us. The universe knew. I could could not come into the world until like the 90s. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Well, yay. Okay, and getting into our listeners' peaks of the week, here is one from Lindley. She said, quit my job that no longer serves me, and I feel like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. So proud of you for taking that jump. I know that whatever comes next is going to be even more aligned for you. Paige said, made a running goal for the months and months to come. Already almost halfway done. Congratulations. Excited to hear that people are already kicking ass at their 2023 goals. Love that for you. If anyone else is thinking of getting into running, I use the app map my run because I don't have an Apple watch. So if you're like me and don't have an Apple watch, that app is awesome. And Hannah said, starting the 75 hard program tomorrow, motivated by my upcoming trip to Mexico at the end of the month. Good luck. I know you're going to kill it and have so much fun in Mexico. And Maggie said, got into one of my top colleges, Tulane. Congratulations. Very exciting that you're in the college decision process. Sending you the best vibes and yeah, that you make the best decision. And as always, 
send in your peaks of the week on our Instagram at Already Friends Podcast. Okay, so looping back to Tiana, she is a creative genius. As we said earlier, she has her own design studio, Tiana Gidley Creative. She is married to her high school sweetheart, which I also think is a huge testament to just her as a person. Like to be able to go so many years of your life from teenage to college to young adult, she talks about how they did long distance. It just speaks volumes to me about how loyal of a person she is, how compassionate, how understanding, and then for them to be able to be blossoming in their own lives in Nashville now. She describes herself as being a very deeply spiritual person, which I think you guys will certainly hear in today's conversation. All around, a total gem, and we can't wait to get into today's conversation. Without further ado, here's Tiana Gidley. Tiana, we are so happy to have you today. I'm so excited to be here. Honestly, I was telling you guys earlier that I've been kind of binging your podcast and you do such a great job. So I'm really honored and humbled to be here. Oh, we are honored for those kind words. And yes, we're so excited to kick off our series of self-care, getting into the eight dimensions of wellness with you, which today's topic, as we mentioned, emotional and mental wellness. So very excited to chat with you all about that. Oh, I'm so excited. I really love that you guys are taking this multidimensional approach because I really feel like in today's culture, wellness can be this sort of one size fits all approach. And I think wellness really is kind of this um, customizable thing. So I like that you guys are approaching it from different angles. I think that's really smart. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I guess we can start out with, do you want to tell us all about yourself? Give us your background, where you live, where you're from, what you do, all the things. Hello, I'm Tiana. Allison and I actually went to high school together. So that's how I know her and know the podcast. And so I was born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska as well. I'm a Midwest girl through and through, but I went to college in Texas at TCU. I mean, a lot of my story and a lot of my background and how I got to where I am today, which is Nashville, Tennessee, is by way of my now husband, but then boyfriend. So my husband and I started dating when we were freshmen in high school. So we've been together, I think it's going to be like 15 or 16 years this year. (laughs) And so for our whole college experience, we decided to do long distance. So I went to TCU, he went to Belmont University here in Nashville, and we did that whole independent, we're going to find ourselves in college thing. We never broke up, but definitely were really adamant about having our own experiences throughout college. But then once I graduated, I was like, okay, Texas has been fun, but I've always had a heartbeat for Nashville and just the community and the creativity here. So I moved right after college and have kind of been here ever since. I mean, as far as like jobs and things like that, I've hopped around. I feel like it's really common these days for people of our generation to be super dynamic. I've done everything from editorial. I've been in customer service. I've done design. And most recently, I, and I I guess I shouldn't say recently, it's about two and a half years in the making, but I I have a, a small branding studio that I own here in Nashville, Tennessee. We do branding for, all sorts of different clients and it's really fun. We, we use the term branding instead of just maybe necessarily design because branding encompasses 
all parts of your brand. It's not just how your brand looks as far as your logo and your colors and your typeface. It's how you communicate with your consumers. It's the decision-making that goes into evolving your company. And so we really help you, A, by championing you and, you know, just reminding you that you can do this. We sometimes joke that it's like brand therapy. It's like sitting and being like, yeah, get it. Like you can do this, but also matching that with very tangible, resources like designers, like copywriters, like photographers and art directors to actually help you realize that and bring it to life. So as far as services are concerned, it's anything from brand identity. So establishing what those colors, logos, typefaces look like to copywriting, to website design, to social media creation and management, to creative direction on photo shoots. It really spans so many different areas because there are just so many different facets to building a brand online and in the world. So we like to be at all of those touch points. Okay, yes. Getting that background on your work life is so nice to see like the whole picture of you. So yes, tell us how that kind of plays into starting within. And do you want to give us like your definition of what within is? Tell the listeners what you're kind of doing there. Yeah, totally. So within was just kind of this natural extension of this belief that we carry at TGC that, you know, you have to quiet the outside world to tune into your inner voice. I had been a journaler my whole life. And actually, funny enough, my cousin had sent me the book, The Artist's Way. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but she sent it to me out of the blue. And one of the key components that the author argues for is morning pages. So basically she argues every morning, just write three pages in your journal. She's like, it doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be anything life-changing. Even if it's complaining that you don't want to do these pages, just get three pages of your inner dialogue out on the page. And so I just started doing that. I started journaling. I started doing these, what I call morning clarity rights. And soon enough, I found that what I didn't have language for, what I didn't have guidance for before was suddenly clicking into place for me. And it was this really beautiful aha moment. It felt so aligned. It wasn't like, oh, Tiana, you should do this thing. And it was wobbly and uncertain and it would lead to, you know, additional hard decisions. When I would make decisions from this intuitive internal place, it always led me to the exact exact places, people, and opportunities that I needed to arrive at. And so one day I was just journaling about what I wanted to do, what I wanted to offer the world. And it just hit me. It was like, you want to make something physical for people to be able to experience what you've experienced through this process. And I, when I tell you that it came together so quickly, I had one junior designer working for me at the time. And I just pitched her the idea and said, I really want to do this. I asked a bunch of my friends about resources for like public people who could print the physical copies of the journal. We went back to the drawing board a couple of times about what this journal should look like. And I would say from the moment of concept to like printing, production, everything was maybe six months. And then I was just ready to go. And I figured out everything along the way. I was like, okay, never set up a Shopify, but we'll figure it out. And it just clicked into place. And it really is this testament of this process of, you know, when you trust yourself and when you have the courage to do that, you'll always be led to really beautiful places if you have the courage to to follow those nudges. So would you say that 
journaling is one of the forms of emotional and mental wellness for you. What was your emotional mental wellness like before you got into journaling? Totally, totally. I think it is a pillar of my emotional and mental wellness today. We're such dynamic creatures as human beings, and we live in this complex landscape internally. And so making sense of that on a day-to-day basis with all of the minutiae, all of the things that we're getting inundated with on a regular basis is arguably one of the most difficult things for us to do as human beings. And so, yes, I feel like journaling has been that calm presence for me that steadied the rocking ship when I was lost at sea. But that clarity can come from a lot of different art forms. It's it's kind of a, a thought I've been dabbling with this year is this call for people to create their art, to just do the things that settle them. So that could be painting, that could be dancing, that could be singing, that could be journaling, that could be meditating. I think there are all of these different ways to quiet the noise, to center. And it's really just about finding what feels most resonant for you. So for me, that is writing, that is journaling. I tend to be a very cerebral, expansive thinker. And so it works for me. But I think you can find that same feeling in a lot of different other forms as well. Um, Yeah. So would you say that within is the journal that you wish you had when you were starting your entrepreneurship career? Definitely. So within is It's not guided like, say, the five-minute journal in the sense that you have daily activities or prompts that you need to follow. It was my intention to create this container that offered you all of the tools, but that just as kind of um, the approach suggests, you could be intuitively led to where you needed to be led. So it has over 100 prompts in different categories. So the categories could be connection and creativity, money, health and wellness, And just whatever you're feeling that day, you can go to that page, peruse the prompts, and just go with what feels the most right. Write a prompt out at the top, ask yourself a question, and just see what naturally comes up. And then there's a section at the top for key takeaways, because sometimes when you're just like regurgitating, letting things come out, it can be hard to make sense of that. So the key takeaways at the top really provides this space to say, okay, these are the actual things that I need to implement and take forward to start seeing tangible change to start moving towards my answers. So yes, it's definitely the container, the framework, the structure I wish I had in not just my career and like everyday life. I think you can use this process of decision-making for anything, whether it's what you want to wear that morning to big things like love and money and your career. Okay, so you saying that you're a very expansive thinker and maybe if you're like me, you live a lot of time in your head. So journaling helps get those things from my brain and going all these different directions onto paper. But I love that you said that on within, you have the key takeaways because sometimes I feel like I'm journaling all this stuff and then I'm like, okay, but now what? So how did that play a role in that being a part of your journal? And like, do you resonate with that? Totally, yes. I'm with you 100%. 
this is how I feel in a lot of just, I don't know if, I guess if you could call it spiritual thinking or just practice wellness practices, maybe you could call them, but, and even in like therapy, like when my therapist is talking to me, I'm like, okay, intellectually, I understand, but how do we then digest that and turn that into tangible action steps to actually make changes in my life? And honestly, the key takeaway section in Within sprouted from this desire to make sense and also just what I was naturally doing. So in The Artist's Way, I think the author's name is Julia Cameron, but she recommends not going back and reading your journal. She's like, it may not make sense and it's not the point. Like, Like I said, to write something profound or really beautiful or really just, you know, intellectual. The point is just the process, right? Of going from all of this mental chatter to getting it to come out and be alchemized through you in some cohesive way on the page. But during that process, I wasn't necessarily going back and rereading things, but I was looking for the clues, the the nexus points, the connections, right? So I could be starting my journaling session with a complaint of, I'm so tired today, all of these things. And then it might uh, materialize into, oh yeah, and I remember I had this dream last night about high school. And then it might materialize into, oh, you know, I was just talking to my therapist about these triggers I felt in high school. And so the key takeaways was like, okay, yeah, this journaling session was about dreams and being tired and high school, but what is all of this really trying to tell me? And you know, these are just examples. So I, I'm not, I, I can't give you a profound, this is what it meant, but having that section at the top really helps to clarify all of those things. And I've had multiple users of the journal because like I said, it's it's a container, right? You can use it in whatever way you want. I've had multiple people say, like I've used the key takeaway sections to almost like bookmark chapters or seasons in my life and really show me where I was at in that moment to catalog progress. I've had people use it for quotes or like, oh, this is like a lot of times I'll use it if I'm journaling because I can tend to be a little bit, bit of an anxious thinker. So if I take time for myself to journal, I'll be like, oh shoot, I have to take my dog to the vet. And so I'll just write it at the top of the margin just so that I have it. And so it's out so that I can continue this process of alchemization. And so, yeah, it's really there to be whatever you need it to be, but a space for clarity for sure. Yeah, definitely having an outlet where you can just allow your brain to turn off from all the chaos. I totally resonate with that. And I know for some people that's things like meditation or going for walks. Are there any other things like that that have kind of helped you not be so distracted? Yeah, it's a really good question. And something that I've been really keen on, especially as as the new year has been upon us. I've been really diligent about my routines and I say that because I think embedded into my routines are a lot of ways that I get really grounded. So you mentioned social media. I'm one that does not get on social media first thing in the morning. I even had this conversation with Sam the other day. It was funny. I had had a fantastic day. I It was one of those days where everything was clicking into place. I was feeling creative. I was getting sunshine. I was feeling really mentally emotionally, physically well. And then I got on my phone that night and I got onto social media. I was maybe on Instagram for five minutes. 
And I kid you not, the thing that triggered me was seeing all of these posts that I had missed from not being on social media that day and seeing one of my friends already commenting on these like, oh, I missed it. I'm so far behind. And it sent me into this spiral of thinking I was like, oh, you know, am I not relevant enough? Am I not, you know, do I need to be on social media more to grow a following? It was just all of this negative self-talk. And Sam was like, what, what are you talking about? Like this, this is what like material materialized from being on Instagram for five minutes. So I've just learned that for me, I think Instagram has beautiful qualities about it. It's a great source of connection, but having it first thing in the morning is just not good for my mental health. So I wake up, I actually put on my headphones and I do a meditation. It could be just like a 10 minute, sometimes I even fall asleep, but I just want to have something subconsciously working that's for me, not to my detriment. So I'll put on some headphones sometimes if I'm feeling super leisure. I'll wake up and I'll read a chapter of a book. So I'm currently reading All About Love by Bell Hooks. And it just gets my brain working, but in a way that feels conducive to my growth. So that feels really grounding. I've been waking up really early and I'm not trying to be one of those girls that's like, this is the it girl thing to do. But when you wake up early, it's like these uninterrupted hours in the morning that you can just focus solely on nourishing yourself. And it is one of the most beautiful practices I've instilled in 2023. So I've been doing 5 a.m. yoga, which has been really, really lovely. And then another thing that I've been really keen on this year and probably the thing that feels most itchy, most uncomfortable is reevaluating. And this sounds so trite on a base level, but it feels so much deeper for me. But the things that I loved as a, a child or as a kid that I don't do anymore because I don't feel like they'll produce me money or success or I won't be the best at them. And so for me right now, it's singing. You know, when I was 15, I auditioned for American Idol. Yeah, we, we don't oh. have to go into that one. But long story short, I didn't make it. And from that moment, I just completely stopped singing. I mean, I'll sing in the car, I'll sing in the shower, whatever. I'm really curious about what inviting these things back into my life that I internally feel called to, that feel fun, will shift for me mentally, emotionally, energetically. Because who knows? I might not be the next whatever Beyonce, but who knows what it could open up for me if I just allow myself these things that are tugging on my heart instead of shutting them down and denying them. So those are just a long-winded list of the things that ground me. I could go on and on, but yeah. No, those are great. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program out there. They've been experts for 30 years and millions of users have trusted them to help them learn second, third, fourth languages. And this is especially timely for me because one of my goals for the year, I literally just said this in our Patreon goal setting workshop last week, is that I want to learn Spanish. I studied German in college and unfortunately, I don't get to go to Germany or Austria very often, but I have been spending a lot of time in South America and Mexico. I spent all of January in Colombia and I loved it so much that I'm going back in April. I'm going to Tulum next week and I'm like, you know what? It is time that I really buckle down and get better at Spanish. If you also are thinking of traveling more, learning second, third, fourth languages, I can't recommend getting started with Rosetta Stone enough. If you would like to get Rosetta Stone and not put off learning language any longer, there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Already Friends listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. 
Redeem 50% off at rosettastone.com today. And thank you to Rosetta Stone for sponsoring the Artie Friends podcast and helping me in my Spanish language learning journey. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. This episode is sponsored by Honeylove. Honeylove is revolutionizing the bra game. Can you think of a bra that you actually like to wear? One that doesn't poke you, does not hurt, and that you kind of forget that you're wearing? For me, I'm thinking of my Honeylove bra. I have fully said goodbye to wearing underwire and bulky fabric bras that trap heat. Honeylove's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. The fabric is super soft and it feels like a second skin and you'll immediately feel and notice the difference. Right now, I'm wearing the silhouette bra and I'm totally forgetting that I'm wearing a bra, but it totally lifts. It feels so supportive. It looks so good under shirts. And it's not like those bras that give you that uniboob effect when you put on a tight shirt or tight clothes. It separates, it lifts, it does everything that a bra should be doing. I'm also obsessed with the shapewear. I have the superpower thong, which is kind of like this mid-stomach shapewear piece. The way that it gives my body this hourglass shape that I did not know that I had and is so comfortable. I have traditional shapewear from a few different brands and they kind of hurt so bad. Within a couple hours, I feel like I can't breathe. But with Honey Love's shapewear, it's so comfortable. It's meant to be able to breathe, to live your day-to-day life in. And I feel like I can definitely use the shapewear for my wedding. So I'm very excited about that. So if you're ready to step into that next level comfortable bra and shapewear, it's your time to get Honey Love. Go to honeylove.com slash already friends. You can get 20% off your entire order with that link. So it's honeylove.com, H-O-N-E-Y-L-O-V-E.com slash already friends for 20% off. Make sure to use that code to show your support of the show. And thanks again to Honey Love for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast. For our listeners, do you have specific meditations that you do? And with your yoga in the morning, do you follow YouTube videos or do you go somewhere? Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. So funny enough, TGC is actually getting ready to launch a few meditations that I've recorded. There's like a throat clearing meditation. I'm all about the voice, uh, a higher self visualization. Um, There's a cord cutting meditation, which is really good for boundaries. So those should be out um, by the end of January. But if I'm not self-promoting, I really love Joe Dispenza's meditations. Um, They're really intense. So I would say if you're introing into meditation, you might get onto his and be like, whoa, this is wild. But if you've been in the meditation practice for a while, I feel like Joe Dispenza has this 
you know, a very unique position in the market. But otherwise, I'll just YouTube search a lot of meditations just based on what I'm going through. So if I need more self-love that day or if I need positivity, sometimes I'll do like ancient Indian meditations that are focused on stillness and nothingness. And sometimes it's just really refreshing not to do something like meditation with the end goal of being this better enlightened person just to like be still and connect. So yeah. Yeah. Which is equally as important as we're saying, but no, I think it's so good that you said you find joy in singing, even though you might not be quote unquote, the best singer, because why do we get so embarrassed? And even more now, I I literally think it's because social media in comparison, it's like, oh, because I'm not the best. I can't do this. Oh, that's embarrassing. That's corny that I'm doing this. It's like, we need to stop. Like you said, the negative self-talk because it's literally destroying us. And I feel like that is why everyone's emotional and mental health is so bad because we're comparing each other like crazy. Totally. I I just feel, and I know I'm really guilty of this. So much of the things that we do on a day-to-day basis are directly tied to our productivity. So if we invite something into our routines that doesn't feel like it's going to produce some sort of positive outcome for us, then we don't do it. But I think those little nudges on our hearts are there for a reason. And I have been leaning into this idea that life is supposed to be fun, you know? We wouldn't have the desire to sing, to dance, to paint, to journal, to do all of these things that truly nourish us on a soul level unless they were supposed to do just that, nourish us on a soul level. So I've been really trying to reframe my mindset instead of thinking, what can this do for me on a productivity level? reframing it to how can this nourish my soul? How can this make me fall in love with this one life I've been given? And I really just, it might sound cliche, but cliches are often so because they're true. I just want to live the most rich, abundant, fun, colorful life possible that I can, you know, with this one precious life that I have to live. So doing fun things, even if they feel silly, is just a part of that right now. And I would encourage your listeners, everybody to invite more of that into their worlds because what's the harm, right? What harm can it do? Yeah, this is making me think of this podcast episode I listened to on Almost 30. So I'd love to hear your feedback on this. And they were talking about how our society is such a masculine capitalistic society that our worth is measured by, like you said, our productivity, making money, and not a lot on the feminine elements, such as like good emotional and mental health and doing things that don't have that number metric tied to them. And so that's why I think it's hard to see your growth sometimes with your emotional and mental state of well-being because it's not this laid out physical thing that you can see, okay, I went from here to here. It's like, it's internal and there's not really good ways to measure that. So I don't know. I would just like to hear your perspective because I'm sure you've gone down this alley of thought before. No, Allison, I mean, completely. I think 2022 into 2023 was the epitome of that thought and breaking, I should say breaking free of that thought pattern for me. It was such a pivotal year. So I, as an individual, definitely find myself most comfortable in, you know, 
this masculine society norm. So it's funny, my therapist would always tell me, you know, Tiana, you're a very smart girl. You're a very clever girl. We know you can strategize and work your way through a situation. We know you can work hard, but how do you feel about this? And this sort of feminine lexicon and way of being in the world felt so, I completely, and I get a lot of things, but I just felt like I completely didn't get it. I was like, I'm just supposed to rest and then what? Like, I'm just supposed to nurture myself. Like, I'm confused. (laughs) Um, I'm like, where's the progress? Where's the productivity? And so just to give you a little bit of backstory. So 2021, when I took that initial leap and I was like, yes, I'm going to launch my business. The year that that all came into be was my most successful year to date. I was passing milestones. I was reaching goals that I never knew I could reach before. I was making more money than I had ever seen possible before. And I was like, yeah, heck yeah. This like listening to your thing. This is great. It works out. And so at the end of 2021, I hired a full team. There were five, six, including me, total of employees, designers. And that was really great. It was really fun to kind of take this idea, this heartbeat of the brand and extend it out to different diverse groups of talent. We rebranded at the end of 2021. So we were like, okay, so how we feel internally, we're going to show externally because, you know, starting it was really scrappy. So going into the top 2022, I was feeling so jazzed and confident. I was like, yes, I am capable. This is going to be great. We're going to have even better of a year. And something I was pushed up against at the top of 2022 was a lot of tough decisions. And I say that I'll get more specific, but it was a lot of, okay, well, if we're really going to, you know, preach for lack of a better word, this idea that you have to listen to your internal nudges, your inner voice, it's going to be the end of working with clients that don't feel that they understand or that they align with that mission, right? So it meant a lot of saying no to business, but it also meant a lot of clients broke their contracts with TGC, like retainer clients we had had for a long time. And me being this kind of like, um, you know, hustler, hard worker was like, okay, it's totally fine. I'm making these hard decisions now, but I'm going to have an instant payoff and we're going to have more clients come in that are even more aligned and it's going to be even more fruitful. And month after month, that didn't happen. It just kept getting more and more difficult. And not only did the client work, I don't want to say it dried up. We always had clients, but it just wasn't what I thought it would be. I had this entire team who not only was I thinking about my well-being, my livelihood, I was thinking about their livelihoods too. And so 2022, just month after month kept being this hard year. And I was like, I don't understand. I'm working so hard. I'm doing all of the things on paper. I'm journaling. I'm, you know, doing all of these things, why aren't things clicking into place for me the way that they need to be? And it wasn't until November, so like, what, two months ago, that I was journaling. And I was like, you know, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I know there's a solution there, but I can't quite figure out what this solution is. It feels like I'm waiting for something. So some opportunity, some big client to come and save me from this situation. And that's when I realized, Tiana, nobody's coming for you. And I don't mean that in a gloom and doom sort of way. I just meant that it was as if the universe shook me awake and was like, is this business structured the way that you want it to be structured? Or is it the way that you think 
this hustle culture, this society of achievement wants it to be structured. There are fundamental things that you need to go back to the drawing board and look at and lean into some of those feminine approaching, feminine um, ideals of, is are you nourishing yourself or are you nourishing everybody else before you nourish yourself? Are you doing things that truly light you up, that, that truly light you up? Are you scheduling your days in a way where you can have time for journaling and all of these things that you say ground you, but you don't do. And so it was in that moment that I completely decided to restructure the business. Um, And for once in a really long time, I was like, I'm going to lean into these feminine ideologies, let's call them, of rest and ease and nourishment, which was so tough for me. Every time I would like sit back and relax, I'd be like, oh, got to do that thing. Or, oop, this client's going to be upset at me if I don't do this. But you know what? The more that I tried out these approaches, the more that I invited that balance into my world, the more things started to click into place. And I was like, oh, I get it now. It's all supposed to be a balance. And the thing that really reassured me was this idea that I can always go back to being clever. I know I work hard. I can always go back to the ways I was doing things before. But what if? What if I try this different approach? What if I invite more ease? What if I do the singing lesson? What if I write more? What opens up for me? And I will say, like, please, like, if you hear nothing else, let me be the testament to this. The second that I shifted my thinking, and it didn't happen overnight, it's still very much so an active process. But the second that I did that, so many things clicked into place. Like, Allison, we connected on the podcast. I've been wanting to do speaking opportunities like this forever. I had a client that was like, I want to prepay you for work in January so that at the end of December, I could give my whole team bonuses. It was just the weird thing. So I know that our society is all about the ladder and climbing it and doing all of these things, but I really want to be this advocate for the power of listening to your internal world because it really is so profound and just yummy. It's just so good. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So if someone is struggling, kind of like you are, you were a little bit stressed about the business, struggling a little bit mentally, what was the catalyst for that moment when it all lined up? Like what's, what are some tangible things people can do to shift their perspective and get to where you are mentally, where everything just started to work out and started to align? Totally. Well, I would say don't be like me at in the sense where you just get your back pushed so far against a wall that you're like, well, I guess I, this is the last ditch effort I have to try. Um, don't get to that point because it's hard and it's exhausting. I mean, the thing that comes to me and it feels so base level, it is just carving out time to listen to yourself. And it seems so trivial, right? But even something that I've been practicing recently is if I have a decision to make or if I feel really overwhelmed, taking a step back, taking a really deep breath and exhaling, giving myself even just a beat of silence and seeing how I feel differently on the other side. You would be amazed at what that can offer up to you in the decision-making process. And I would say if you have more time journaling, I'm always going to be an advocate for writing, for expressing yourself. But I think kind of a theme that's shaping up of our time together is do what feels most nourishing to you, what allows you to touch, I don't know if you're religious, maybe like God, 
God or like divine moments of peace or, you know, clarity or whatever lexicon you want to use to call it. Give yourself the opportunities to tune into that stream of benevolence and clarity and peace. Um, Because when you carve out that time to do that, that's when the answers find you. That's when things click into place. I promise you, decisions made out of fear, made out of rushing, made out of stress, anxiety will never lead you to the places that you need to be. And if you arrive there, it's probably by luck. I think you find the places, the answers, the, the callings, the purpose through listening to yourself. And you have to, have to, have to carve out time to be able to do that. You have to give yourself that gift. Wow. I want you to repeat that because that was so good. The (laughs) decisions you make out of rushing and fear will never get you to where you're supposed to be, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes they do. Like I I hear people all the time be like, what was the secret to success? And they're like, well, a lot of hard work. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, duh. But also it's luck and it's a lot of these things I am advocating for. Let me be the inner voice advocate of 2023, carving out time to listen to yourself, to learn that you can trust yourself, to learn that you have everything you need inside of you to get the thing you want, to attain the goal, to find the person that's your soulmate, everything. You are 100% enough and you are 100% capable, but you have to carve out the time to be able to listen to yourself. Yeah. And bringing that super full circle with the title of your journal being within, you know, they say everything you're searching for is already within you. And like in a relationship, like you can't give love if you don't love yourself. So anything that you want in life, whether it's the career or a relationship, the house or whatever, until you fix that foundation and the baseline within you, those things aren't even going to show up in your life in an aligned, authentic way that actually makes you feel like you deserve them or that they're the right fit. Totally. It's like if they showed up on your doorstep, would you even recognize them if you hadn't first sat with yourself enough to decipher what it is you actually want? And, you know, on the topic of relationships, I'm reading, you know, All About Love by Bell Hooks, which I think it's really funny. I I started it a while ago and put it down and then just recently decided to pick it back up. I think it's just another one of these sort of funny things about the universe that things always find you when they're meant to. But she really argues that love with another person isn't just this concept of romantic love. Love with another person, at least true love, is the commitment to each other to learn more about yourself, to a path of self-discovery too. And you just so happen to be doing it in communion with somebody else. But love of another person, a relationship, isn't about the love you give to somebody else. It's about how you challenge each other to find more of that love within you. Um, And so it just definitely feels like full circle to everything that we've been talking about today, that everything you're searching for, like you said, Allison, is inside you. And that's really why Within is titled what it is, is because I believe that wholeheartedly. Going back to emotional and mental wellness, one of the definitions of it is learning how to cope effectively and having a sense of positive self-regard and creating satisfying relationships. So in life, you know, there's always going to be stressors and traumatic things that happen. So people have to cope and whether there's like a whole spectrum of coping, right? We have very unhealthy detrimental coping mechanisms in life and we have healthy ones. What are some ways over the years you know, being a business owner, that obviously brings a lot of stress. You're responsible for other people's income and their well-being. How do you effectively cope when times get tough? 
And I think it's really poignant that you bring it up, Allison, because I think sometimes in the world of wellness and especially like spirituality, I would consider myself probably a deeply spiritual person. It can get really easy to say, think positively, just journal, just listen to yourself while negating or disregarding that people are going through real shit. 2020, 2021, 2022, I don't have to, you know, say everything here on on the podcast to just exemplify what hard times we've been experiencing. And so I in no way by saying just trust yourself and being flippant about your healing because it's true. We do need really tangible ways to cope. And I think one of the things that has been really helpful for me at least is historically I was the person that wanted to get to this state of optimal wellness so that I didn't have to face the hard things. Like if I could only just hold tightly enough to my routines and my journaling practice and all of these things, then I wouldn't have to deal with the hard stuff. And something that I've been really coming to terms with, especially in the last year, is that life is the hard stuff. It's the really beautiful stuff too, but it's both. It's it's everything all at once, right? It's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And we need both to kind of bring us into this cycle of knowing the other one. And it's this concept I was um, playing around with this morning. It's like this tilling of the soil, right? We go through the hard things so that we have really rich things to fertilize our life with. And then we plant a new seed and we see what sparks. And then there are, the rain will come and it'll water that. But then, you know, maybe more hard things come and we have to enter that cycle again. Life is cycles. It's the good and the bad. It's the high and the low. Not running away from the hard, but really sitting with it. And I think that's a really feminine approach too. It's like Sitting with this idea that there are going to be hard things through life, there are going to be moments where you don't feel your best, but not trying to close those things out, but rather embracing them, looking at them, seeing what they have to teach you, what they're trying to communicate and articulate to you. So that's one thing for sure. And I think it lends itself to this idea that um, one of the ways that I cope is just listening. You know, I think that's been the theme of this whole podcast, but listening to what those intuitive triggers are trying to say or what these hard things are trying to communicate about me, about my relationship to the world. And then not to be so basic, but when I need to cope, I I always tell Sam like, hey, I'm going to take five and I'm going to go journal about this. I'm going to go find my center in you know, this crazy chaotic world. And it really does help. But like I said, that could be anything for you. That could be walks, that could be dancing, that could be painting, that could be anything. So I think finding what makes you feel centered, holding on to that and knowing you can return to that anytime you so please is really just a comforting thought in and of itself. I love that. I feel like I had an aha moment when you were saying all of that because something that we've said on the podcast before and I feel like something that you always hear is that the root of most problems you have with other people is communication, just miscommunication or someone didn't communicate at all. And I feel like almost like the root of problems within ourselves is not communicating with ourselves. And like you're saying, sitting down and taking the time to just talk to yourself and just listen to yourself. A hundred percent. And this has been so prevalent, especially in Sam and I's relationship because we'll get in a tiff or an argument. And I have to like zoom out and realize that this situation is isn't Sam doing something to upset me. This situation is sparking something within me that is upsetting. And so it is my job 
as somebody who is supposed to care for and love myself to say, oh, okay, I noticed that something is off here and I'm going to do my due diligence to communicate with myself, like you said, and figure out what that is so that I can take the necessary steps that I need to heal. And those necessary steps might be communicating to Sam what you did really hurt me because of X, Y, and Z. But how can you know what those steps are unless you give your self, your inner world, your inner child, the platform to speak about what's going on on a deeper level. It's all just red flags or mirrors or, um, you know, echoing back to us something that is playing subconsciously in our minds from a past trauma or past, you know, experience. And I think that it really is important, just like it's important to listen to the really beautiful, um, inspirational parts of what your inner voice has to say, the hard parts as well. Do you have any tips for anyone who is trying to get better at being self-aware and recognizing their emotions when they're happening? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to me is acceptance, right? I think as human beings, we're so quick to shove away the parts of us that feel unglamorous or shameful. And just recognizing that we're all really complex human beings with tons of, you know, idiosyncrasies and uglinesses and all of these things, accepting that and saying like, my weirdness, my shame isn't so different than that person's weirdness and shame will really allow you a lot of space to do the actual work and to grow. And then on top of that, I think, I mean, I I just want to say therapy. (laughs) We live in a very um, therapied culture where it's very normal which I think is a beautiful thing. But to me, I'm like, what's wrong with having an objective place, an objective person to communicate all that's going on in your world and to have somebody who is trained and has the resources to mirror that back to you so that you can cope and communicate in healthy and growth-focused ways. I, I think, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful things you can gift yourself. I agree about therapy. I started going last year for the first time. I guess I went a little bit in high school, but once I reached adulthood, this was the first time I started going. And there is something about not feeling like you owe the therapist something because you're paying for that service. You know, in our relationships, like you're you're being aware of like, how much am I dumping on this person? Like they've also had like a long day. I don't want to burden them with my stuff. And having an outlet with a therapist where it's like, this is all that's meant to be with this relationship is me telling you my problems and you helping me fix them. There is something so alleviating about that. No, I truly couldn't agree more. And I don't think I recognized until I actually got into therapy exactly what you're saying, Allison, where so much of my self-worth previously hinged on what I could be to other people. So if I was that friendly, open ear to listen to, if I was the one that didn't take up too much space or time in the conversation and kept it really focused on the other person, it kept me safe and it kept me feeling feeling like I was worthy in that relationship. So it wasn't until I got into a situation where I owed the other person nothing because I had given my monetary, um, 
my money basically as an exchange that I realized that I needed a space like that. I needed a space where I didn't have to be anything to anyone. I could just show up as my truest, ugliest, most pissed off self and they would still be there and it wouldn't impact our relationship or how I felt about myself. And it's just, it really is so beautiful. And I will say, you know, therapy is one of those things this might sound cliche or like duh, but that you have to search for the right therapist. I tried a couple of different therapists before finding the one that I gelled with and clicked with the most. But I think therapy is one of those things that um, you can feel differently about just based on the culture that you were raised in, how the people around you and your circles feel about therapy. But if you go to a therapist and you're like, this isn't at all what, you know, Allison and Tiana were talking about, I would encourage you to just keep trying. Like just like any relationship, it's about finding that person that you feel most comfortable to release those emotions and those true feelings with. And it's going to take time to nurture that just like with anything else. So if you don't mind me asking, uh, did you find a therapist in person? I use BetterHelp and that was really convenient with me because like I'm always traveling and I'm gone and I could just sign up through the app. How did you go about it? So I went the referral approach. I was like talking to my friends who I felt were very well adjusted, who had a, a really strong sense of self. And I think therapy just, it's one of those things like in the culture, especially I think like millennial Gen Z culture that just kind of gets brought up naturally. So I would hear friends drop hints about their therapist in casual conversation. And one day I just asked, you know, oh, who do you go see? And I have this one friend who is just like, I just aspire to be like her in every single way. She's so thoughtful. She's so just everything. And so I was like, whoever your therapist is, I need to go to that person too. Um, But it wasn't until sitting down with her and actually having a few conversations with this therapist that I realized, oh, okay, we can connect on like a deeper level. So I just went the recommendation route through people I trusted, but I know people find therapists in so many different ways. And just like with anything, you just got to do what's right for you. I think you bring up a great point though, of like you bringing that up to someone allowed it to even come into your circle. So I think that's good advice for listeners that even just listening to us talking about therapy and maybe someone starts to talk about it with their significant other or their friends or their parents. Because for me, it wasn't like I just decided, oh, I need to go to therapy today and like started tomorrow. Like it took me a while to get behind the idea of acknowledging that I needed help and could let my guard down and just ball my eyes out to this random stranger. Like it, it took some time for me to be okay with that. Totally, totally. And it does. It takes a little bit of nurturing. And there are some days I go into therapy. Like, I think people get turned off. I have this one friend who I referred my therapist to her. She's like our, our friend's therapist now. Like, we all go to see Mary. She's the best. Um, But she was like, whoa, I don't want to go in there. It's like intense. Like, am I going to be crying? And I'm like, no, some days I go in there and I'm just like, we're catching up. It's light. It doesn't have... Therapy can be whatever you want it to be. You can talk about whatever you want. Um, So I wouldn't, I would say don't let the idea of it being this like deep evocative work um, where you're like laying down on a couch and recounting your deepest childhood (laughs) traumas scare you. Um, It can be whatever you want it to be. And just like with anything I've talked about this podcast episode, sit with yourself, see if it feels right. Maybe therapy feels right, but not right now. You have those answers. You know what's best for you. So just give yourself a little space to try it on and see if it fits. 
No, okay. All that is so great. Love that you guys are talking about therapy. Personally, I haven't gotten into it yet, but I know that's something I could possibly explore this coming year. Any other practices really quick before we get into our final question? Practices, tips, any other mantras you live by that you feel like help you be a balanced person emotionally, mentally, all the good things? Yeah. The thing that's coming to me is really just what I'm inspired by this year. And it would be kind of my hope for all of your listeners this year is when you're thinking about mental and emotional wellness, it can be easy to think about the things that come to mind intuitively, you know, journaling, meditation, walks, all of these things. But just reminding yourself that the things that are fun are also just as important to your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical well-being as any of it. So if I was to give a hope to everybody for this year, it'd be for us to do things that feel fun and that feel like they enlighten and aliven our spirit. Enliven. Enliven our spirit. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that because that was the last question that I wanted to ask. A few episodes ago, we talked about our hobbies and Mm. tapping into our inner child and just doing things for fun. And that kind of ties into like, you know, we live in this masculine capitalist society that you always have to be doing and accomplishing and making money and proving yourself to people and tapping into, for you, singing is maybe reigniting this love for something that you did just because you enjoyed it, not for anyone else, but for you. And I think that's like a huge part of this emotional and mental wellness is like, you've got to have those things that are fun. You can do all the hard work, like the yoga, the meditation, the journaling, and not that those aren't fun. They're very rewarding, but we have to laugh in life. We have to have joys. And that's a huge goal of mine this year is just remembering what I liked to do when I was like eight years old before the world and society and social media got a hold of me. And I started doubting myself, like, what did I just like to do for me? And I think it's so great that you touched on that because that is a huge part of emotional and mental wellness. Totally. And yeah, you just, it can be in anything, right? I've been really trying to approach fun, even in the content I'm creating, you know, like, do I want to be creating this and putting this out there? Or do I feel like I owe somebody something when I'm creating this? You know, you can infuse fun into everything. Instead of reading nonfiction, read some fiction to like, you know, get lost in a story, paint, go to the bookstore. I go thrifting a lot for fun. I was thinking too, it's really a good thing or like a really poignant thing that you said about your inner child. What did my eight-year-old self like to do? Because, you know, eight-year-old me was like, I don't know, writing scripts for movies that would never get made and, you know, playing models. And why can't we infuse those things into our day-to-day life now? I would bet I'm no scientist. I have no read no scientific studies on this, but I would bet that if we infuse more of that fun into our day-to-day, moment-to-moment life, that we would just be better off and have more fun. Yeah, not taking life so seriously because as we said, there is so much trauma and hardships and stressors that if we don't have the flip side of that coin, that can really feel like that is all our lives are. It's just trying to make rent, trying to save, trying to balance the day. And life is way more than that. And we should embrace that if we can. Totally, totally. And nobody is going to give you permission to have fun. You have to give it to yourself. Wow. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Amen to that. Okay. Love that we wrapped up with that. That was perfect. 
Well, now we can get to our final question. This is our signature question that we ask all our guests. To you, what makes a good friend? Mm, I love that. So I have one friend in particular that comes to mind when you ask this. And I think what makes her a good friend can be universally applied to friends everywhere. But I think one of the most beautiful things that somebody can do for you as your friend is allow you to show up as your truest kookiest, funniest, weirdest, ugliest, not perfect self and love you for all of those things. And this friend in particular that I'm thinking of, hopefully she's listening, but she really was one of the first people that allowed me to do that last year and just reminded me that I was okay, more than okay, beautiful just as I was. And I think giving your friends that space to be themselves and to remind them that it doesn't have to be perfect with you is one of the safest, most liberating things you can offer. So, yeah. Wow. We've had a lot of good answers to that question, but that one might take the cake for me. I know. I was literally thinking the same thing. I'm like, I don't even know what all the other answers were because I think that one just put them all to shame because I (laughs) a million percent agree. On the flip side, the worst friends I've ever had, I felt like I couldn't be myself at all. So just like flipping that on its head, it makes 100% sense. Totally. And you need somebody to remind you. Sometimes when you're in the thick of it and you're so down on yourself, you need those people who will say, no, stop it. Like whatever, be how you want to be. It's still great. And yeah, you guys are sweet for the warm words, but when I think of this friend that I'm thinking about, it just, yeah, it pours out of her. So I would hope that everybody could have a friend like that because she's really special. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lovely conversation and I'm glad that we didn't even plan this out. I think we covered so many points about you, your past, your career, tangible tips for our listeners. This was such a great conversation. Now it's time, gas yourself up. How can our listeners find you? How can they support you? How can they find within? How can they take your course? Well, first and foremost, I just have to give all kudos to you too. I think what you're doing with your podcast is just so beautiful. And I can really see the impact that you're having on your listeners and just people everywhere. So thank you for creating such a beautiful container for such conversation to emerge. I feel really lucky to be a part of this. But I'm historically not the best at gassing myself up, but TGC is going through a lot of transitions. All that to say, we are still open for business. So if you have any dream on your heart, whether you want to brand yourself, whether you want to, I don't know, be a YouTube creator, whether you want to start a business and you need package design, or you just want to talk with somebody and get really clear on what your vision is, I would hope that you would feel empowered to reach out. We offer these things called personalized deep dives. They're basically two and a half hour meetings sitting one-to-one with me. I send you like a 75 question Q&A before and we use that as our roadmap throughout the entire time together. And we get clear on your vision, who you're talking to, how you want to communicate that, the message you have to say. And it's really impactful for the foundational piece of any dream you want to bring to life. So I would say if you're interested in that at all, it can be a really good starting point to the world of branding. And then as far as Within goes, Within is for sale online at our website, tianagidleycreative.com backslash Within. And it's actually 20% off the entire month of January um, with the code lead with intuition. So if you're interested about Within, about journaling, what it could open up for you, I would definitely encourage Within as a starting point. But other than that, um, we're just all about having fun in 2023. So I would love to hear 
hear from you on Instagram, underscore Tiana Gidley, um, about the fun things you're doing. Because, I mean, I need some ideas too. We're trying to make this our most fun year yet. Yes, and it absolutely will be. Thank you again for coming on. That was another episode of Already Friends. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.